Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That's good. That's good grit by him. And these guys, the, oh no, is Cliff Keen on the schedule for Iowa State or not? I can't. No. Definitely Nebraska. They go, but not this year. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm, think, I'm excited for Vegas. It's going to be, you know, we obviously didn't get it last year. It's gonna and be really we owe um, Dresser and the Cyclones an apology because we kind of went in on them for not having a tournament on their schedule. Yeah, they brought their whole starters to Dectronics. Yeah. <laughs> well, we I don't talked know about it on their schedule. <laughs> no, it was. They had a bunch of open tournaments on their schedule, and we were like, well, is this like, are they taking oh, their yeah. starters to this? Or, you know, is it just – because – like uh, the Badgers, for example, they have like every an open tournament every single weekend, but it's not their starters. Obviously, it's their backups right. or red shirts or some something to that effect. So, yeah, it was interesting. And honestly, um, and I listen. I know that the depth of the open tournament was not huge because it is an open tournament, which lots of times is red shirts and backups. Um, but there were some good guys. Northern Iowa brought a lot of guys to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Iowa State wrestled really well, kind of up and down their lineup. Um, the the kid at one twenty five, I didn't even know who that was. He beat um, Brody Teske. That was really impressive. Um, Deegan won, but unfortunately, uh, Nebraska's guy dropped out of that way. Shapiro is. Wait, are they on a shrinking program? We call talk about Cowboy Bolt job. Shapiro was ninety seven to eighty four, then seventy four, which they did the same thing with. Uh, Coleman? The other guy did. No, uh, no, Sammy Colbray. Uh, Colbray. Sammy Colbray. Colbray Shrunk. Also, was, he's going down to 84, but he's been at 74 in the past. Mm-hmm. I would say he just yeah. loves to jump around weight classes. Jump around. Yeah, <laughs> they, they really are. So I thought they were good. The Zach Redding guy, he won. I didn't know, I didn't know a whole I bunch wish about him. Ian Parker would have been there um, mm-hmm. so we could have seen the Parker Deegan yeah. wrestle off. Maybe the Cyclone Open yeah. is this weekend. Um, so maybe I we will get to I see. I bet they're wrestling in it. Yeah. They also dual army, I believe, um, before that. So we could also see some rematches from this weekend, like the, you know, Teske rematch. You know, staying on Iowa State for a minute. When David Carr was was down at who's number one, he told us 
that Marcus Coleman was a guy who had made a jump this year, and um, he he got that win over Vens looked good. Shout and then out he to was, the five one five. I mean, Iowa. yeah, you have to shout out the five one five. Have to. Um, <laughs> Coleman was he was within a takedown of Keck Eisen late, and then and ended up well. giving up another one and lost eight <laughs> four. Well, well, he was. I'm, I'm not. Hey, I'm not saying he's he. You know, he beat him, but like he was in that match. I didn't expect it to be that close. And so it was a six four match late, and then and then Keck Eisen got another takedown. Another eight, guy eight, who I think four. is better suited. Wait, at I thought Parker got weight class. back. I'm moving that up. Uh, you know, you're Let's right. You got to take down Dan. No, no, you're correct. Okay. Yep. So, yep. but you know, he, not, not like he was really threatening Kekaisen, but he, he put himself in a position where he could have sent it to overtime. So but better than I expected. And, uh, Coleman, I don't know. Keep an eye on him. He, he's one of the guys that jumped a whole bunch of spots in the rankings. Uh, but because of that Venz win, he jumped from yeah. 21 he, up to number 10. He jumped right ahead of him. Right, right ahead of him. Nice. Up, up to 10. Yeah. Nice. Um, um, okay, the other there, man, there's there's so many good matches we get. I I know where I want to go. I want to go Stanford, uh, Cornell. Yeah, let's do it first. Of all, also, a tip of the cap to Iowa State for not medically forfeiting out of matches. Uh, there, uh, there weren't that many Dactronics. I mean, there, you know, there was some, but if you look at the the last round, um, there wasn't a whole bunch. I should I should count them, but it's usually that last round. There's, you know, just like medical forfeit in the third and fifth place match, sometimes even in the finals. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys a count here. Let's see. Out of 30 matches, cause three, three place matches per mat, there was only three forfeits. That's, That's good. good. That's really, <laughs> we're moving in a good direction. They must listen to us roasting all of them. When we saw those Dactronics brackets in the chat in our team chat, we were like, I was like, man, we, Hey, we could see, we could see Peyton, Rob, David Carr. We could see a good final at 84. JD's like, they're not. That's not going to happen. They're going to forfeit. No, 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 no. I just said that mm. at this point in the slate of D1 yeah. wrestling, I go into it expecting it not to happen yeah. so that I am not disappointed when it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, I, you can't you can't get like really fired up that any matchup is going to happen. Like all the a lot of the matches we were looking forward to this weekend. Didn't happen, you know. Alira as Demas, we wanted to see that. Didn't happen. There's Glory there are, Lee. You know, so, Glory I actually Lee feel like happen. a lot of them did. I mean, there was a lot of them did. Yes, that did not happen, but there was a lot that did happen that I was excited about. Uh oh, somebody must have heard we were what? talking about Iowa State. We got a lurker in the back of the studio. Oh, Sion, Sion's back. Come here, come here. Sion making 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 appearance. But you, you, you got the Iowa State shirt on. Right. CP's gone, so you can come on. Come on, scoot, scoot in. Happy Thanksgiving, Sion. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. How many turkeys you smoking? Uh, just one. Okay. Um, Small one this year. What would you think of Iowa State's performance? At the uh, Dactronics Open? Yes. Yeah. David Carr almost lost. I saw that. <laughs> he won, though. Uh, but, you know, that kid didn't get an upset the day before that. Uh, yeah, Rob, Rob that. is good. He's having a good season uh, so far. Impressed. Yeah. Um. They're twenty-five pounder. Who's that? Terakina. Well, well, the other one, uh, the one that knocked Brody Tess. Yeah. yeah, I don't know yeah, nothing about one, him. He's Hawaiian. That's what well. I said. I don't uh, know him. He's Hawaiian. That's not a Hawaiian name. That's too Hawaiian. Dude, if you're I good at wrestling, if you're good at wrestling, <laughs> I thought he was Cuban. <laughs> if you're good at wrestling from Hawaii, you just go to Iowa State, basically. Okay. Except for Travis Fair Lee. Mm. What I want to know where the Hawaii to Iowa State pipeline started. Grant Nakamura. I remember Grant Nakamura, and that's Bobby as far Douglas back as I can go. But like, then every other whatnot. Hawaiian is just like, oh, well. There's Grant Nakamura, and then after that we had. Uh, 
There's a bigger guy. Dal- uh, Dallas. Maybe 157 or something. Bigger guy? 57 best 25 man. pounder. Well, there's been... Oh, there's been and then there's a handful of Hawaiians that have gone Tarakina, to Iowa State. The other Tarakina, mm-hmm. the older brother. Pistano. Yeah, that was, well. And then Pistano. Hey, Pistano, yeah. yeah. He was and another one who loved switching weight classes. Switching weight classes. <laughs> well, he went from like 84, 74, 65. He went yeah. backwards. Mm-hmm. When he was wrestling 215 in high school. And got all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> National, I think he was better off at 84 because he was solid at 84. And then when he just kept jumping weight classes is, I don't know, that weight cut probably killed him. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's enough of probably Dan Pistano talk, though. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) That's what all the people want to hear about. Sion was was on the watch party this weekend. Viewership just through the roof with Sion on there. I agree with you, man. You know, the fans want what the fans want. Did you? Uh, I wasn't it. even mean to. I, I didn't even say anything bad about Iowa. Are you sure? There we go. I'm positive. I didn't say anything bad. Man. I probably didn't say anything good either, but I didn't say anything <laughs> bad. Uh, what do you think of Penn State's lineup this year? It's going to be interesting. Uh, they still got a weak spot at 57. 65 is still questionable. Yeah, weak figuring spot. it out. Yeah, but 25, you know, they got an All-American that transferred in, so that's shorted wait, up. Wait, wait, wait. Did that happen for sure? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I thought I heard that. Oh, <laughs> I thought I heard that. I thought I read that somewhere. Did you read that in a text from one of your personal friends? No, nah, man. I, think, I thought I read that on Flow. I thought you wrote that article. <laughs> no. No. We wrote no uh, such thing. Are you breaking there have news? Been rumors I'm not breaking any news. That a one Drew Hildebrand transferred in, but. I, I'm not breaking any news. I read that somewhere. I, I think you might have read that in a personal text. Between <laughs> no, I, I thought I read that. I thought you wrote it. I don't think you're getting any more personal oh texts. <laughs> I don't know, but I read that somewhere. So, you know, I think that'll shore up 25 for him. Okay. Yeah. But Howard still ain't bad either. Wait, no, he's out. Forgot he's so, injured. Yeah, he's yeah. injured. Uh, yeah. See, I'm breaking news right here. I'm not breaking show. any news. Hey, where do you think Bo Bartlett's going to finish this year? Is he going to get on the All-American team? He's had a solid win over Ogun Sanya. I think he'll get Army, on the stand. But you know, he's he has, he wrestling has, close he, matches. He had a year behind him, you know. He's, he was solid last year. All his matches were close. Um, I think he'll get on the podium at a 7th and 8th. Okay. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, you know, he he also could surprise people. Yeah, but right now, you know, he's a solid wrestler. He's more for forty-one pounder, but yep, he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Sion. Last question for you: What does a C on Thanksgiving um, spread course look, like? look like? Spread look like? You know, we're gonna have turkey. We're gonna have ham. Um, Where's the spice coming in? I know you're putting something hot oh, on the oh, table. Oh yeah, the turkey is. Well, actually, I'm not making a turkey this year. My neighbor's gonna make the turkey. We're all doing that together. But I'm making curry goat. That's gonna well, be pretty go. spicy. <laughs> curry um, goat, baby. Ooh, that sounds good. I, I know that. Ben doesn't like traditional Thanksgiving food, so he might I like know, your, like I never. Some... I make curry goat. You know, um, it's good. I've had your curry some goat. Some oxtail. Like it. So it'll be it'll be a nice spread. It regularly is a pretty nice spread, you know. I'll take a picture out for the next FRL. All right, all right here we go. <laughs> uh, there we go. You know, the neighbors are all coming over. A couple of people from work, so it's regularly a good time. You know, everybody. Since we're all family down here in Texas and that work together, so I always invite whoever wants to come over. So it's regularly been a regularly about you know ten twelve people over every year. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Good deal. Did you watch the Stanford Cornell duel? 
I did not see the Stanford Cornell duel. I watched just the one from the watch party, you know, the biggest upset of the weekend. Uh, where it goes from looking like you're going to be pinned to getting the pinned at heavy Cassiope. Cassiope. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was like, damn. Yeah. And I brought back uh, Shades of Richard Soft doing that role. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that it, you, you want to say, what, nine times out of ten, Cassiope's going to win that match, but it was impressive the way Doug Garbino rolled him over yeah. like that. Like, makes you think if uh, – Cassiope is big tone instead of slim tone. That, that's does he get rolled that, that's, a lot of people said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, Richard Schaff, you know, I think when he that won the Lehigh match a few decades back for us. When of he course, was, we all um, remember this. Yeah. I think they said the topic in the next day in the paper in uh, Lehigh was uh, Grace Hall was a rocking until unheralded Richard Schaff came a knocking. It's <laughs> a good headline. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, Seahawks. We got to talk about. All right, we got to talk. All right, I gotta go get to work. Yeah, Yeah. thanks, everybody. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Seahawks. Thank you. We got to talk about Griffith, Richard Schaff, Dane Pestano. (laughs) These are really scintillating topics. (laughs) We got them covered. (laughs) Central Iowa fans are gonna love this episode. already so far. Yes, the fact that in-state champ Shane Griffith lost, and we're just now getting to it, (laughs) is astonishing. But let's get to it. Was it too? Do you think Ben? I say no. I say no. I thought it was in the moment. Um, Do I think it's control per se? Like, no. Well, that's the answer. You can't have control that far out, but like, it's so regularly called. He was like this. Yeah. I know, but it's so regularly called like that. Like, in the moment, I thought like two, two, two. In the moment, I did not think so, and then as I went back and watched it, I kind of became convinced that 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 they could have called it too. I think it was close enough that. But so so remember, in that time though, Bray, he does have reaction time, right? So, yeah. uh, Griffith, I'm oh, sorry, Ramirez can get the chance to keep moving. So I think that has an effect on it also. Yeah, and th- that that's a good point. You know, going back and rewatching, it's a lot of like, okay, slow mo, watching a million times. That's not yeah. how it happens in the match. You know, as I watched it live. I thought, oh, it's so super close. Okay, his hips are, are too far out. It's not too too far um, out, but That's not that out. that position on the edge where everybody's screenshotting. I didn't think was too. There was a moment earlier when the hips were a little closer that I thought could have potentially been too. Um, if you're watching it in slow mo and and in hindsight and all that stuff, but in the live moment, I did not think so. I kind of became convinced later that it could have been, but. I hate- uh, I, I, it's a super close call. I don't think it's egregious. I mean, and if I hate- it, yeah, if it is if it is called too. It's not the worst call ever. You're not like, no. oh my god, that was such a terrible call. But I'm I'm if I'm the referee, I'm not calling two points there. I think the hips are too far out. Yeah. You can't control it. So I, I told Christian when we were discussing it, I look at it like uh, you know, hundred eighty degrees is straight in front of each other. And so I want you to be at least past ninety right here, past ninety to have control, right? Where I'm kinda of behind him. He was out like this. I mean, we're yeah. talking hundred and thirty a big obtuse angle. It's tough too, because like he had to maintain that obtuse angle to stay in bounds. So it's like to stay in bounds. Yeah, it's Correct. not like he couldn't have got behind him, but if he did, now he's now it doesn't he count. He circle out of bounds. Out of bounds. So, so it is it is a tough situation there. But like, yeah, I think that's I, yeah, it makes sense to me. That that angle looked too far out for me. If it was going to yeah. be two, it was because a little bit earlier. But like you said, reaction time maybe takes that off the table. And yes. I wish the rule book was more. Uh, or less objective because it just kind of says when control is established, which yes. obviously leaves it up to the official where one official might look at that and go, that's two. 
one might not. Uh, yes. And I don't know what their that's, review that's process was, ones. but like it should be a different official reviewing that. I don't know if they did that or not, but if one official, because it's an objective call, the official on the mat looks at that and doesn't call it two and he reviews it, his opinion is not going to be different because it wasn't like a bang, bang call. You need to see, bang, bang. Uh, you know, was there time left on mm-hmm. the clock? It's just be like an objective yeah. call. Yeah. Everyone saw he was behind the arms. It's just, do you think that's yeah. control or not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they could definitely add, add a sentence in there maybe to um, uh, make it more clear on where, at what point it is too. Because I, I would say past 90 degrees and behind both arms, that's where you get to. Like, you know, one thing that actually, uh, it, you know, it wasn't until I watched, you know, the match I watched it in where I really started looking was um, – uh, Brent Metcalf and Franklin Gomez. I mean, the free, freestyle does very clearly say, and this is what a lot of people struggle with, freestyle folks are not the same, you must be directly behind the hips. Yeah. Like, you must get all the way there. And so, like, a folk style situation, for example, where I'm going to head outside on the mat with a high crotch and they step over and hook my ankle, they will still most likely be perpendicular to me. In freestyle, they don't call that a takedown. That's not That's not two, you know? you got to get all the way behind. So... Folks, down maybe could add a, a sentence in there that would make it more clear at to which point um, that we get to. Because the other one that really annoys me in folk style that the referees don't call, and I think it's a lot they just don't understand scrambling, is when the bottom guy, right, or well, then there's no bottom guy technically, but the guy on bottom reaches back and grabs the leg that's closer to him. Okay. Yes. If it's the one that's further away, that is a back hook situation. That is not going to be a take. Unless the guy breaks his lock, it's not going to be a takedown. But when they grab the front leg like this, it's like the, the bottom guy has nothing. They literally have nothing. It is full control by, by the top man. Call it two. But then the referee stuck saying, well, he has a leg. And it's like, no, it does. Right? So a few more sentences could make more clear what is and what is not a takedown. For sure. So Yeah, I agree. They, yeah. they could definitely um, have some clarity there. I was listen, So I, I'm totally confused by <laughs> – by Griffith and Ramirez. Ramirez just lost to Matt Lee, and I, Matt Lee's just not that good. Um, he kind of got hammered by one of my high school guys at uh, UWW Juniors last year. And so, like, I don't know what to think about Ramirez. Do I think, oh, my gosh, Ramirez is now an NCAA, qualifier, or NCAA contender, or do I think he's got lucky in one match? Or, you know, he had a really good match. Maybe Griffith had a bad match. Like, what do you, what do you, make, what do you guys make of this? Well, when you beat an NCAA champ, normally you, you move higher in the rankings than 15, right? But that's where he is. And that loss that you're referencing, is it, it keeps him there. The other thing that keeps him as that low loss. as 15. Yeah, the other thing that keeps him as low as 15 is, look who's at 14, Cam Amin. You've got, you've got an All-American that far down the rankings. And so the way I think about Ramirez is, is not necessarily that he's an all you know serious All-American threat, but that 165 pounds, which was already a really deep weight, is now – got another guy in there that can beat somebody that's an NCAA champ level guy, um, which just it adds a ton of depth. So I don't know that I'm like, okay, Ramirez to the podium, but I don't want to see him in the round of 16. People are going to be big mad at yeah. the uh, 165 rankings moving yeah. forward. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm annoyed, obviously, that you put Marinelli one. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, he's number one by attrition, right? Like it's, 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 it is. A, well, I, mean, I, think, I think you can make serious arguments for Evan and Keegan, but yeah, I get it. Well, you absolutely sure. can. The tough thing with Evan is that those head-to-head, you know, the, the resume head-to-head. The head-to-head matchups. But over... they, they've been a while now. It's been a while since that's, that's true. happened. That's true. 
It's it's tough when Marinelli forfeits out of the NCAA tournament, and that's why, you know, he he like he doesn't wrestle back for a third. We could have possibly seen him and Keegan wrestle on the backside of NCAA's last year, but he didn't wrestle. Yeah. And when you take the stance that injury defaults do not count, uh, and you just look at Marinelli's season last year, he only took one loss, and it was to Shane Griffith, the NCAA champ. Yeah, obviously lost, but you know when Keegan drops loses to Wenzel, who just <laughs> took a fairly bad loss as well this yeah. past weekend, it, it kind of evens out, yeah. so to say. The other guy we're not talking about at 165 <clears throat> is uh, is our man uh, Brian. What's his name? Brian Meyer. Brian Meyer. Brian yeah. Meyer's not very good though. I looked him up, bro. I did too. He was four and six last year. And three of his wins were at EIWAs. He beat, or he he took a loss his first match of the year to Troy Nation. That's not a good loss. I yeah, I'm not, I don't know who Troy Nation is. I'm not familiar with Troy Nation's work, but well, um, I'll, I'll tell you. So let me tell you the problem with Wenzel. Um, and th- this is a very common problem in wrestling. I've seen with many people. I, I talk talk to my wrestlers about it. When you have a very specific style that is limited offensively, and you raise you raise your profile of who you are, people wrestle you differently. Yeah. When you have limited offensive options, also in every match is going to be close because everyone now is saying that's Jake Wenzel. He's an NCAA finalist. If I can just keep it close, if I just don't get my butt kicked, this is going to be great, you know. So that's what they're saying to him. And then obviously the other thing, um, and that that shot started with a head inside. He's really good from the head outside, and that's like you know when me and Keegan talked about the loss, it was like, well, Keegan, why'd you keep going head outside? You kept going to it. And it's like that was very clearly his best position. You don't have to beat someone in the best position. You have a great head inside single. You have a great arm drag. You have lots of other weapons. Like, don't use the one that that's he's got the best chance of beating. Yeah. You know? So it's like, so I, I think the skill set that Wenzel has is really specific. And if people watch him and they're paying attention, and they are now because he's an NCAA finalist, the recipe, is, he's going to lose a handful of matches this year would be my prediction. Yeah. It also appears looking at, Pits just up and down the lineup in that duel, and then even the week before, I they haven't peaked for these these early season events, which is fine. And and if as they're, they're as they shouldn't, they shouldn't. And yeah. if their team's taking some losses now, I don't think that's a reason to you know sound the alarm bells or anything. If took you're out Philippi. yeah, Philippi. In yeah, all Philippi. Fa- okay, in all fairness, Philippi was winning and got beach whaled with three seconds left. So <laughs> also beach whaled. I, I, I saw in defense of Hines, he was winning most of that match, and yeah. then Philippi came in late, and then he did get defensive fault at the end. To make things worse, Lehigh, when they tweeted out the final score, whatever the graphic they used was Hines' defensive fall, and in the in the still picture, Philippi is. Dead flat. Oh, I think he. I think he p- was pinned. I don't think it's a. You just a, don't see it called. Yeah, you that quick pinned. very often. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And we've got the video here. It'll happen. Here in a couple seconds. Yeah. No, th- th- right I mean, here. this is absolutely a pin, though. Yeah. I mean, he's pinned one, two, like full, like oh, a full two so seconds pinned. there. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It yeah, was so sure I mean, that, that's a huge swing in the duel because that's that's minus that's a nine point swing. Yeah, it's it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that was wild. Yeah, Lehigh's oh, always got a pretty good team too. <laughs> look at that angle they had on that on that still image. Yeah, I hope Mickey's yes. not watching and stayed off Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah. So Lehigh does have a pretty solid team though, but they're they're another they're a team 
we talk about this issue all the time where, you know, I mean, you could see them potentially getting eight NCAA qualifiers or, or somewhere in there and then zero of them all Americaning. I mean, there's yeah, a I mean, they had 10 NCAA qualifiers last year and zero yeah. Americans, right? Yeah. I mean, Lehigh, Lehigh's had some up and results. I mean, they were, they were, they won 26 to nine over Pitt, which I don't think anybody would have predicted that score, but then they took a loss to Campbell. And I don't know that people necessarily would have predicted that those two teams are really similar teams, but, um, matchups can make duels. Yeah. So matchups make especially, yeah. When you're, when you're a bunch of guys that are say between 10 and 25 matchups make duels for sure. But, but getting back to 165, I mean, Brian Meyer knocks off NCAA finalist from last year. He and Ramirez both took out one, took out, you know, they took out the two NCAA finalists for 165. Odd loss. <laughs> and they have odd losses, and they're 15th and 16th in the country. So that round of 16 at NCAAs, if it ends up, you know, playing out even yeah. relatively similar to what the rankings are right now, is a, that's a very interesting bracket. Yeah. Karchla and, um, oh, man, what's the guy? Clayton Ulrey was was kind of fun. I'm just, you know, I'm looking at his rankings, and he's right above there. Karchla looked, I would say, good, good, not great, though. I mean, uh, I'm wondering if that – a knee injury and the big brace is inhibiting his offensive output um, well, a little bit. I mean, from what I remember of him, it was primarily freestyle, right? And he would get one takedown and then generally get a whole bunch of gut wrenches. And so it also might have made him look significantly more dynamic than he really That's was true. because we weren't watching him in folk style matches. Um, and Ulrich is good, good, not great. You know, he's, I don't think he's in your rankings he made the, yet. Was it the cadet or junior world team? Well, he, he lost to Keegan in the finals of the junior world trials, I think. Um, I don't but know yes, if there was he, another he, time. He's solid. He's solid. So good. yeah, that was, that was a, a, a good, not great performance out of Karchla. Um, it'd be interesting to see where he goes next. Um, Peyton Hall beat Thomas Bullard. Yeah. Th- this white class is a lot of fun. There's, there's a, a ton of parody here. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Can I talk about the Yanni match? I can. I thought Jaden Abbott should have installed all the match. So I'm going to actually give myself a win on that one on the weekend bet results because <laughs> that referee didn't want to call Stalic. The dude, it, the dude just ran backwards, and then and then whenever Yanni faked, he like went down to his knees. How are you supposed to score on that? This is crap. Stalling. It's it is stalling. It's like literally the definition. You wanted Yanni called for stalling. No, what? are you high? <laughs> the, other guy, the other guy, the other guy literally moved backwards the entire time. And then when Yanni would fake, he would drop to his knees like literally every single time. He shot twice, I think. And he actually was kind of stingy in those scrambles, which was semi-impressive. But when they were in the open, for the most part, he was moving backwards. And when he was faking, he would drop to both knees. It was it was freaking crazy. They didn't yeah. More. So they called those first two and he got called twice in the first period. Yes, I think, and I don't know why it didn't continue. Yeah, I agree. I, I didn't hate it um, in, in the first period because I, I was kind of in the same position as you. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, one guy's clearly being the aggressor. I remember I was watching it with Spay, and Spay was like, oh, I don't know. That That's early. Um, and it is. Like, you don't see it called like that yes, very often in folk style. But I, I, I agreed with it. Um, yeah, I guess it, it could have continued, but. It, it was a weird match. And then the shoelace thing, which we can get into. That was I, weird, huh? I, I hate how uh, Yanni got a point from that because, well, first of all, isn't it the wrestler's responsibility to cover the shoelaces? Yes. 
So they, they, they just say, I mean, the, I think the definition, you can't have them come untied, so you could cover them. But yeah, I mean, the, the chances you get a hold of a, a shoelace in your fingertips is like, and like clearly, I don't really want that. I'm worried about fingers getting hurt. Clearly, yeah. Jaden didn't mean to interlock his fingers into the shoelaces. Yes. So Correct. like, it, it's not a horse collar situation like in football where you're grabbing something horse on purpose and using, <laughs> and using it. Yeah. Um, and help him it, it he clearly did like interlace and pull a little bit um on the yeah. foot but and then the referee caused some chaos too when I, he tossed up the wrong one mm-hmm. <laughs> one point uh, for the wrong guy um yeah i, I the official the official in that whole duel was um uh maybe not great yeah yeah uh-huh yeah, I would have. Uh, I would have sure liked to see more stalling called in that match because that would have then, right? The reason we have stalling is to create action because if you could just stall and it was the most effective technique, everyone would just stall. Yeah. The reason we penalize it is so one person can't do that. I mean, that is literally I'll tell you what, the, it, that wouldn't have what? happened in freestyle because if you are advancing in freestyle like that, they'll hit. They'll hit the other guy. I'm just saying. Well, that way, he was supposed to in folk style too. The ref just didn't make the call. It was just, yes, it should happen in folk style as well. Yeah, I, you think that's the stalling thing? You think that's why Yanni was so fired up at the end? It has to be because the guy, the guy. I mean, right? This is his first duel back in how long? What three years or something? And the the other wrestler will minimally engage with him. Yeah, I I would be. I, I would have just stood up and did this at him. I not listen. I did that a couple times, so don't tell me I wouldn't. I would have yeah. bam, hit the gable bam, arm. let's go get over here and wrestle me like a man. That's what yeah. I would have. I would have went nuts on him. Would you have done this one? Would you have done the crybabies? I, I was curious what that was for. I didn't see I would it assume in a it's... small Twitter video. Somebody in the corner. Somebody in the corner must have been really complaining, complaining about the you know the calls at the end. Uh, and you know Cole left well, Cornell. That that was that was really interesting to me throughout the duel. I mean, the Freedman Center is a it's a really hostile environment. I love that they put like the non-starters in that right little behind. carve out right by the <laughs> mat. It's like it's right on uh, camera. It's amazing. Right um, behind the bench. Too. I I did not know the level of hostility that we would see in that duel. I was curious because it's Rob Cole. He's been there forever. I think the guys have a pretty good relationship with him. But they, dude, they they were not gonna they were not gonna take it easy on on Stanford's, you know, coaching staff because just because coach Coles is in there. I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, like raise the level of intensity a little bit. That a whole, that was a great dual environment. Very good. It was. Yes. Both those teams will be at CKLB. So we could get some rematches. Yeah. I mean, the, the other thing that you kind of think about with that match is that he, without the penalty points and listen, I'm, I am advocating for more penalty points, but without the penalty points, it is one-to-one. Yeah. Yes. Yanni did not get a takedown. And, you know, he wasn't really all that close in those scrambles. Jay Nabbas did a pretty good job at, you know, and it's again, Jay Nabbas wasn't, in my opinion, trying to finish those scrambles. A lot of times he was just trying to hang on and not get scored on. But Yanni didn't get that close. Yeah, that's a good point. And, I mean, how how big a difference does it make that he's been he's been ultra freestyle focused for two years? Um I don't know. Maybe that matters, right? I would think it would have some impact. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit, for sure. For he for maybe forgot how to cradle people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't. I no, mean, I don't... on a few of those, I I would have if I was coaching him, I would have advocated more attacking. Uh, I always talk about so 
now this is high level wrestling stuff, but when they have your leg, right? They have your leg. They are essentially blocking themselves on the one side. So then your job is then to anchor that leg into the mat, attack the other side of their body and jam their legs into their head. And if you do that, you're going to have a cradle. Their only way out then is to let go of the leg to free themselves on that side, right? And in that case, you get an easy takedown. So I would have advocated for Yain to attack the legs more. And in a couple of situations, he was just trying to go behind. Yeah. Now, how do you feel about both him and Vito up? And that was interesting. Are we sure they're going to stay there? Is that a guarantee, or are they they playing with us? That's exactly my question. I don't and think it's a guarantee. I want to see the I want to see the way in sheet. I want to know what those yep. guys weighed and what they're thinking descent plan. Like if they yep. if they both weighed within striking distance of being down for CKLV, then that's really telling. I I didn't get the sense that that I mean CKLV is only a couple weeks away. They would have had to weigh in fairly light, especially Vito. That's what I, that's yep. why I want to see the way in sheet. Um, and if release the tapes. Cornell. Yeah. So that, emails. that's what I want to know because it's Get WikiLeaks on it. You know, you looked at Greg D at 25 and Handlevich at 41, and, and those guys aren't keeping these these two out of the lineup at, at the, those weights if they want to go up so or go down. So I, I don't feel like that the book is closed on 25 and 41. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I also think there's not there's not great replacements the other way either. So I – yeah, I think it's just kind of where those two are comfortable. I'm I'm not sold that they're staying there. Uh, it will be interesting to see what happens as they move forward. Yeah, I think forty for Yanni forty one or forty nine. Forty one is not quite as deep as forty nine for Vito. Twenty five not quite 41. as deep as thirty three. Well, but forty one at the top. Sorry, forty nine is not quite as deep as forty one. Yes, <laughs> I don't know what I said, but forty nine not quite as deep Correct. as forty one for Vito. Yeah. Twenty five not quite as deep as thirty three. Um, so if they're thinking about right. their individual chances of, of winning titles, or but if you're Vito, the thought of possibly knocking off Spencer could be either alluring or makes you want to go 33. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, all right. We got so much more to get to. I feel like, cause this weekend was just really wild. Um, can we talk, uh, also Ohio State no, Virginia tech? Cause that no, was so no much dumb set. Uh, did Cardenas? Is yeah, Cardenas where is he? Ninety-seven. I I don't. I think Cardenas is just good, and maybe Cardenas is good. Yeah. Okay. Maybe but, he's great. Uh, yeah. Sad, sad, yeah, was... uh, sad Tuesday for Ben. And sad CP. Tuesday. If if that is true, <laughs> we don't know that it's true. Might yeah. have setback for a major comeback, in my opinion. <laughs> um, where do we, so, okay, where Ohio do we State, go next? Ohio State, Virginia, State Virginia, Tech. Virginia Tech. Um, Latona is struggling early this year. I mean. Uh, Malik Heinzelman continues to get better, so that's that's posi- that's a big like possible catapult win for yes Malik. And you know, I'm wondering if Latona is struggling with weight. He that's is notoriously big, 125. And there's two ways you can look at it moving forward for him. It's a does your body adjust and you get more used to it, or is the grind of the season and making weight week in and week out wear on you? I feel like there's two ways that that can go sometimes. Mm-hmm. But overall, yeah. that duel was super fun. Super uh, came fun. down came down to the heavies, uh, and that match was fun because it it was close. Yeah, I, yeah, that but that duel door, was very interesting. Um, Sasso Andonian, I could watch those guys. Yeah, all day. It was a great match. I'm sad I lost on that bet because I was we were we were it was two and a half great odds. JD, you you made the line where it should have been. 
I lost by half a point. Not happy about that. Um, <laughs> but that match was so fun. I actually thought, I, man, there's so much going on in this match. I think the original two I didn't actually think was two. Um, but the other thing, you know, we talk, and we talk about, I talked about Jake Wenzel. Why, why Bryce Adonian chose to shoot head inside singles a couple times? I don't really know what he was thinking there. That's about the worst position to put yourself in against Sammy Sasso. So if I was him, I, if I was his coach, I would advise him to not shoot head inside singles moving forward. But that match was so much fun, and they, they really mix it up in different positions. It's fun, too, because um, Sasso's got that nice underhook kind of throw-by a lot of times to a single. Yes. But Andonian's like, oh, you want to underhook me? All right, I'll grab this overhook, and uh, we'll yeah. have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another I, – so I feel like Andonian loves overhook, but I think he lost that position he every did. time, right? Yeah, because uh, Sasso, at least for the first takedown, I think maybe later in the match, too, I got to go back and rewatch, got that – Little underhook kind of throw by. But uh, yeah. Sasso's dangerous, or uh, Andonian is dangerous from everywhere. Like, who gets as many reversals as this man? This yeah, guy, it's, it's great. great <laughs> I know, I love great, him. He's turning into must watch TV. He, he really is. And that's why CP was kind of whining about, um, CP was whining a little bit about um, some certain guys not being as uh, active in folk style as Aaron Freestyle and, and just the same people. But then, you know, you get matches like this one. You know, this one was just a great match, top to bottom, and really the whole duel. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't want to start the freestyle folk style because I enjoy them both. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this match was so much fun, and I think it was like a prime example of why folk style can be so much fun. My biggest complaint about, about the Sasso-Andonian match was we did see a challenge. We did not see the challenge block kicked, thrown, otherwise you know, uh, removed yes. from the mat. You know, that's, the man uh, notoriously hates challenge bricks. I really wanted to see it. We didn't get to see it. That would be uh, awesome. Another takeaway from that duel, Makai looks very good at 74. Yeah, yeah he, that match he was wrestled awesome. them really well. It was a good match. Yeah. It, got, it got super heated, too. That, that made it really fun. Like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, the, the the Virginia Tech Ohio State is kind of turning into a little bit of a rivalry, and I, I love it. Yes, it really <laughs> it's is fun. <clears throat> so yeah, more ACC rival- don't Big they Ten. always don't they always wrestle early in the season? I feel like these two. Yeah, are- because then I think second half you get into your conference, conference. more your conference schedule. But more ACC versus yeah. Big Ten, please. I think at least this lots, is at least the fun. third time. I think at least the third time we've seen this this duel recently, and so I I hope they just keep it going. It's it's a it's an amazing yeah. matchup, especially because um, Virginia Tech's getting a lot of Ohio kids. Also, I mean that's that that helps. You know, Andonian's mm-hmm. an Ohio kid. Connor Brady is an Ohio kid. Uh, is there anyone else in the lineup? So, uh, and the, who who did they recruit this year from Ohio? Definitely somebody. Yeah, let me pull that up. Okay, uh, Ulrich's from Pennsylvania. So I yeah, I feel like they have a whole bunch of recruiting battles as as well. I feel like for whatever reason, the kid some kids are. Uh, Excited in both of these schools. Um, they don't have any any uh, 2022 Ohio guys right now. It's Caleb no. Henson, TJ Stewart, and Crook. Tom Crook. Okay, maybe I lied. That's good, good recruiting class, though. Mm-hmm. Virginia right. Tech How does about... a good job of getting some of those Southern guys too. Yes. How about uh, Princeton, Iowa? Yeah, the other Friday night duel. Um, I, there's a couple ways to go with this one. You want to talk about Gloria not wrestling and Spencer Lee not wrestling? Yeah, there was. A, I, I was receiving text messages, and 
<clears throat> listen, they both showed up. I don't really give a damn who's saying what. You didn't. Neither one of you showed up. Whatever, zip it. Yeah, for those who don't know the backstory, obviously, um, it came out earlier in the week that um, Ibarra was going to be the guy for Iowa. Uh, Pat Glory makes the trip to Iowa, but does not wrestle uh, after the duel. Coach, um, was it Dubica Ayers? I think Ayers. I think Ayers. I think Ayers. Yeah. Tweets tweets out a lot of misinformation out there. Uh, our guy came for one guy. He wasn't going to wrestle, so we didn't wrestle. Um, and then you know there were Iowa fans and Big Jim Kelly. You know people on the ground saying Glory was trying to make weight, couldn't. At the end of the day, who really cares? Um, yeah, you yeah. both didn't wrestle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But that duel itself, I mean, it started at 25, and by 149, it was 20 to 0. It was like, Iowa is just going to completely run away with this, and that's going to be the entire story is even Iowa with, you know, I mean, I know Ibar didn't wrestle, but that's a backup at 25. They got a forfeit. And then at 49, Siebert Kobe Siebert, Tech, tech um, in, the, in the first period, it was like, okay, man, this is um, – this is looking like just Iowa. Iowa was going to run away with every single match, and then and then uh, things got a little more interesting. Fifty-seven Monday looked really good. I thought yep. he looked smooth. That double he hit with the clean finish on Young was nice. Uh, he'll be he'll be a guy at fifty-seven mm-hmm. definitely to watch. And just like mm-hmm. the showmanship, the way he stepped out of that shot at the end, like, oh, yeah. it's like okay, you're down. Princeton's down twenty-zero now in one win. It it kind of it it didn't erase that those twenty points, but if it, it felt very he, different. Moody on the mic said he was talking to Brands, um, mid match <laughs> too. So I, I love it. Yeah, um, I mean, the, yeah, okay. So obviously, the I know a lot of people are paying attention. Do we want to get the Del Garbino and Gassiope thing out of the way? Gassiope got pushed a little too hard, got off balance, he got decked. I don't know that it's ever going to happen again. My man from Pinnison partied on him. Um, <laughs> Is there anything else to say? No. No, not really. That's it, right? That's it. Okay, well, the, the big news is why in the hell is Nelson Brands at 174? To me, I'll just tell you, listen, I'm an outsider. I have no inside knowledge of that program. That says there's issues with Michael Kemmerer, and they're not sure if he's going to be able to make it through the season because if Nelson's your best option at 184, and he, well, I'm not now, sure now, if Nelson's look, best option at 84. Well, look, Abe Asad just lost to Clayton Whiting, a high school kid, also, last what, week. Also, what I want to know, so Abe Asad didn't wrestle in the duel, but he wrestled he, in the extra he, match. Yes. Are they, I, I, were they I trying know. to get Miles Wilson, you know, time as the starter in Carvac? But why Carver? didn't they do Miles Mile, the extra match also? That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I hold on. I don't know what the heck is let, going let me, on. Let me, let me break this down. Let me break this down, JD. Okay. If 84... You're not like, oh my gosh, Abasad's going to go place in the top four. You're not thinking that right now at this point in the season. Right. You're probably not thinking that about Miles Wilson also. There's a decent chance. I, I will say more decent. I will say there's a high likelihood that Nelson Brands is your best option at 184. Um, he was solid last year, not great, but he's had a year to get better. If he is still the best option, you got a top three guy at 174. Why are you going to cut him all the way down to 174? Yeah. It, it was you're, surprising. Yeah, you're not. So there's there is a reason why he's down there, and that reason's got to be Michael Kemmerer is having health issues. Is going to either wrestle in a bridge schedule, or they're not sure if he's going to be full strength by the end of the year. I mean, it's really one of those two things. One of the I don't know. I, you know, when you're listening to Tom Brand's interviews, it it feels a little bit like you're trying to crack a code. But um, mm-hmm. one of the one of the 
themes, I think, for this lineup is I I think in talk, and I think, you know, maybe this is something we're seeing not just at Iowa, but some other places. I think in talking a lot of these guys into coming back to use that extra year of eligibility, I think that there may have been a conversation that we want you back. We want to make this, you know, a, a season where you're not weighing in as often, where we're not putting that strain on your body as often, and also where we are helping to develop the the starters for 2022-2023. And and sure. so I think some of this stuff may have been conversations that happened for a while out. So that's that I think maybe accounts for why no Spencer, um, no Murin, no no uh, you know a number of guys, you know, 74, 97, but okay. But, but those but, all make but sense. Then, but here's the deal. But then oh. why Nelson? Sorry, so I heard I, one of the things I heard about Nelson was I heard that he in the off season considered trying to make a run at the 65 spot. And so if he had, if he had been thinking that way, like a bull. Yeah. That's what I, that's a rumor. That's a rumor that I heard. And so if he, in if, Kennedy? if he was, if he was making that kind of concerted effort and, and shrunk his body down, where he was two years ago, then he may Three not years ago. Well, when he wrestled eighty four two years ago, that was like he bumped way. Yeah, up, yeah, yeah. You know? That's so, what I'm saying. But so, so I, he was sixty five. So if if that if that's true, if that's you know if that's at all part of the equation that he was thinking about trying to make that descent, then maybe he's just not a, not that big yet. Maybe well, he's I think seventy four is you know a better weight class probably for him. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily take this as there's something drastically wrong with Kemmerer. Um, you know why maybe not? This were, maybe this is where that's what you got to. But, but but it would be if Kemmer was the only starter that sat out. But he Kemmer. But no. But here here's the problem. Here's the problem. Okay, I'm gonna get Iowa's lineup up just to just to. So okay, if if you're Nelson Brands and your goal is to be an All American, is that that fair? Like that's a fair goal. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he was one and two in NCAAs last year. He took fourth place at Big Tens. Like he's he's not there, but he's also not that far away from, he's from on the door. being there. He's knocking on the door, bro. 10 pounds is a lot of weight. Like, even even if he's only naturally, let's say naturally he's 183, 182. That's still nine pounds, right? He still has to cut that weight to make that weight class. And if you're you're worried about making 174, that that's going to be, you're not, it's going to make you less effective at 184 where you're trying to be an All-American. And if your goal is, why would you be going down for these, these I don't want to say irrelevant duels, right? But a lot of people say March is all that matters. And, Iowa has other people who could fill in at 174. Even if you got to bump someone up for a duel and give Nelson or someone else an extra match, right? They can do that. Um, so I, I just don't know why they wouldn't have done that. I don't know why, if you really want Nelson to be the guy at 84 and want all American, why you'd be cutting him down all that weight to make weight at 174 for a duel. Like I feel like he's going to be here for a, a while and I feel like there also has to be a longer term plan. Not and longer term, not meaning twenty twenty three NCAs, meaning the twenty twenty two season. The the yeah, the thing is for me, toss out all American and where are you gonna start versus Michael Kemmer or Abasad? It, it's Abasad. And then you look into the, the T B D um that they listed as the probable lineup and you you can dig too much into that to uh, I have a hard time envisioning a scenario where, especially if Kemmer is on a pitch, super pitch count where he's not healthy enough to go at the end of the year at 74. Yeah. You know, yeah. unless they're keeping something super under wraps, uh, a very serious injury. Uh, yeah. Why, I, I mean, why else would you cut your, why else would you cut your best option 84 down to 74? 
like I said, maybe Abe, maybe they had to wrestle off and Assad beat him. Okay, I mean that. So that would be reasonable if 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 Abe Assad is very clearly beating Nelson Brands, that would be a good reason to come. And then down he sure. and then he says, I uh, "I'm not a." I'm not big for 74. Like, I can cut there fairly easily, and Kimmer's going to be on a pitch count. I'm going to get more time at 74. Then he goes 74 because it's not a big deal for him to yeah. make 74, and he sure. gets starts. But then why not wrestle Abe? Why wrestle Abe in the extra match, not the duel? Maybe they wanted yeah. to get Wilson some time in the starting lineup, uh, I guess. So, I mean, yeah, I mean that's if, you, I think, if you look at that's where I think it's the 84 at. rankings. Uh, Nelson's beaten the number 11, he's beaten the number 14, he's beaten the number 16, he's beaten the number 18. I mean, this dude's got a lot of wins over guys that are in the rankings at 184. He had a solid season last year. Yeah. Think about, I mean, think about Nelson Brand's, the trajectory of his career. He was 165 during his redshirt year. His, his freshman year in the 2020 season, he wrestled at both 84 and 74. Last year was the only year he was up at 84 the entire time, and I think that was because he he was beating Assad. And from what we heard, Assad didn't have like Assad the most productive it. off season. Well, Assad wasn't he kind of injured? Wasn't there he, that out there too? He may have. Been I don't injured. think he wrestled a match last year at all. But like even he, in the extra matches, if Nelson Brands in the off season was was like thinking, what what are the things that I need to do to be like the best possible version of Nelson Brands? It might have been a lot of training that that shrunk his body. It might have been, you know, if he's beating, if if he's be, having good goes with Marinelli in the room and he's beating him in the room, maybe that's what he's really yeah. thinking. It's like I'm going to get this spot at 65. It, you know, I don't know. I I just think that a lot of these Iowa guys, they they really, and you hear brands talk about it in the preseason, like the young guys, they really think they have a legit. Don't take a backseat. They think they have a legit shot at winning. You know, the that that's sure. the whole like that's a lot of the. The, you know the rumors the mentality. Stuff cir- circulating about 133 at the at the Luther Open was that like there's this contention between between DeSanto and uh um what's Schreiber. yeah because Schreiber. because they I think they really but you also but, okay, really but think they're going to win okay but so that that's a, <clears throat> that's not um to me that's not the same deal because if you're at Schriever and you're at 33 that's where you are but if you're brands and you're looking at lineup and you're thinking, I want to win another NCAA title, and I got my most effective guy at 84 is going to be a backup at, at 74, like that's not a good strategy. Yeah, It should be, let's freaking figure this out in October or early November, and then let's have you go where you're most effective, and let's try to get you some really good wins. And I mean, let's, I mean, so let's look. Obviously, this Princeton match, there wasn't a good 84 pounder. Hold on, but I'll look at Iowa's schedule. But we got. Iowa State, so we got mm, well, they got they got Oregon State this weekend. Oregon State's got Trey Munoz. That's a good eighty four pounder. He Iowa State be until second not, semester. Okay, damn it. Um, Iowa State has a solid eighty four pounder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, we could start racking up these wins for Nelson Brands at one eighty four and to put him in a good spot to have a great seat at NCAs and. Now, but now he's weighing in at 174, and he, so he's going to bump up to 84. I mean, that's just like, I don't know. I, I just, I got to think there's something more to it because there's no way that is the strategy. If, if you know, he's the most effective 84 pounder, and they have, they really have the camera option at 74 because he's already been in the NCAA finals. Yeah, it's just not a great strategy. 
it, it'll be an interesting saga to follow <laughs> throughout the year. Yes. You know, the, the, when was the last time there was a question like this about a returning national championship team with the same guys, like yeah. not a, a guy graduating and or and or a new guy coming in, but the exact same set of guys, and you don't know what the heck is going on at a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, really, that this is, this is the only year ever where all ten people will return for all all teams. Yeah, I mean, some guys. Yeah, departed. But... Yeah, some guys. Not not, not all that many. Um. All right. Yeah. Yeah. L- let's but, move uh, on. That was interesting for me. Let's. Uh, we'll see in the next couple of weeks. I mean, we'll hopefully we'll be getting some more answers. Obviously, they're at the the, the national duels is the end of December, and then they got Midland. So by by. December 30th, which is a month and a week away, we should have some really good answers for the Iowa team. Because, I mean, if Kemmer or some of these guys haven't wrestled by the December 30th date, they're they're really limiting um, their ability to qualify for the NCAA championships and get a good seed, right? Because you need 15 matches minimum, and so they're going to have to start getting some matches in. This season, the past two seasons, kind of, um, I think will only help and encourage the push to make Division One wrestling a one semester sport. Uh, last season it was like just a one semester sport, and then you hear a lot of coaches saying, "Yeah, last season showed us you don't need that grind of what you know four months or whatever of season." Uh, some coaches are still basically rest on the same thing. But, you know, we talked about it. Mark Branch, that's the reason the Cowboy Open has moved back is he goes, I don't want my guys, you know, wrestling at that level for that long. Yeah. He's he's really yeah. the he's the one coach that, like, actually did something about it. You know, like, you hear a lot of coaches say, Those guys aren't know. wrestling their starters. Yeah, he said we should start. Yeah, that's true. Some guys aren't wrestling their starters. But, you know, you have to think, like, that's a, a – why Iowa didn't wrestle some of those guys? It probably you know health issues sure. or whatever. We know Spencer freaking doesn't have ACLs yeah. anymore, uh, so basically has to be on a pitch count. But but I but I think Branch is the only one that like totally overhauled the schedule. I mean the Cowboy Open used to be like the first weekend every November first second or third. He, they they changed like and that's you know you host a big open tournament. That's like that's a part of what you expect as revenue for your program. They moved it to the end yeah. of November, pushed it back like three or four weeks. Knowing that it's going to cost them entry fee money, it's going to be a much smaller tournament this year. None of their starters have wrestled any matches. That's totally on purpose. And uh, and and so I don't. know. I'm very curious. I, but like when we we talked to Branch about that last year, and we're like, well, if, if coaches have known for a long time that the season's too long, why don't they just push it back? And he's like, they're afraid of yeah. missing out. They're afraid if they're they're going to lose their edge if other guys are competing. But they're actually like they've actually modified their schedule for like the all the starters this year. Nice. I'm curious to see if it makes a difference or not. But yeah, I, yeah. I don't hate, I think so. I think what happened last year, if, if, if I think it was too short for a lot of people um, because you need those matches. You need to be able to make adjustments. But yes, yeah, so like in early November, early, early November matches, that makes the season almost five months. I can actually see their argument on that one to make it a, a little shorter. And I mean, the thing I think I would really try to do. And, and, I, and I've, I've been looking at some schedules. Some code programs have definitely done this. Uh, who's I was just, I think I was looking at either Pitt or Virginia Tech or Ohio State. I was looking at all their schedules, so I don't know. I don't remember which one it was, but get a whole bunch of early season matches in, and then have a three to four week break, 
yeah. right? So where you're going, maybe maybe you're going an uh, open tournament, couple duels, Cliff Keen, a duel right after that, and then you have uh, you know right a three to four week break till early January matches. You're skipping scuffle and, and Midlands or so- something to that effect. Because you get you get to see what you guys got, get some matches in, and then you get to go start making adjustments to whatever they've been struggling with, right? Oh, hey, we didn't see this coming. You're really having trouble with leg ride defense. Let's freaking grind on that for three to four weeks. Or you're having trouble finishing your single. Let's grind on that. You know, stuff like that. Maybe, hey, you got a few dings after that stretch. Hey, let's let you sit out for a week or 10 days of practice, heal up, and then get back after it. So I, that's kind of where I, my mind would be. Because you do want to see these guys in competition. It it is generally different than than practice. Even practice matches, the real competitions are different. They absolutely are, and you want to see guys in there. So I would probably try to do something like that. Obviously, if you're not on the the Big Ten, would be the most difficult because you have all those really tough Big Ten duels. So that's where you know maybe a different team in an easier conference can can maybe wrestle Midlands and then take a two to three week break after that. Right, where they're not wrestling another tough duel until late January. Yeah, we think hate it, love it. No, I, I love it. You need those like valleys, peaks and valleys in yeah. your training schedule. Like that's kind of like you could look at like CKLV almost as like kind of like a little false summit. Like, hey, let's uh, let's really work towards CKLV. You know, see how you perform there, or insert you know Midlands or X tournament there. And then, you know, kind of taper off just a little bit, you know, little reassess, bit. like you said, a couple week break or whatever, and then start gearing up towards March. Yeah, there's so much value. Yeah, we, in... we would. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I think there's so much value in, in the training that happens when there's not the pressure of making weight and competing right around the corner. Yes. And for most NCAA wrestlers, that that is like only in the off season. During the season, it's like there's always a way in around the corner. There's always a competition around the corner. And so you, you know, it's 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 harder to focus on the improvement of the actual wrestling and in the wrestling positions. It's harder to, to focus on that when you're always thinking about making weight and you're always thinking yeah. about a two or three week block where it's literally just where can I get better? What do I need to work on? Yeah. And not have to worry about necessarily getting a good tough yeah. workout in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Coach Smith would usually schedule for us, uh, and maybe I'm, maybe I have false memories, but Coach Smith would generally schedule that for us um, before Big Twelves, right? So we would, um, you know, we would generally have a mid February duel, and then nothing later in february and then so it would be generally a three week ish break until the big 12s so you get that kind of little bit of downtime where you're not competing and then get to ramp back up for those last two tournaments also like mentally it's a nice little reset yes versus just constantly looking at competition competition my next match my next match my next match preparing for this individual this thing whatever so yep um, do we want to move on to the uh, other Saturday night duel, Oklahoma State, Minnesota? That was uh, that was fun. Um, there's a, kind of a lot of takeaways. There. Freaking Patrick McKee! What are you doing, bro? I, I should, know we I it, go with Mastro Giovanni. I, when, okay, so our weekend bets, for the record, I did nice. You and CP did not. that one. <laughs> yes, but we as soon as we all went, McKee, I said, okay, that means uh, Mastro's. At least gonna cover. He didn't just cover. He he won and he looked killed very good him. doing it. Yes, 
Yeah, and great. to me, I think I take away from that that Mastro made strides and is very good. Um, Makita, like we said, you know, Makita oh, took a lot of losses last year. Sometimes. He looked really bad in that one, didn't he? Yeah. I thought he looked <clears throat> like McKee, you know, maybe not the NCAA's McKee, but like I said, I, I take more out of that that yeah. McKee still could uh, ball out and place, you know, top five at NCAA's again. He took third last year. But I also look at that and go, okay, Mastro could also be a top five guy. Yeah. I mean, last year, 125, after after Spencer, it was like, it was it was a big question. What, what, who are we going to see? I don't think a lot of people would have picked Pat McKee that high on the podium. I mean, you know, the losses he had were were a lot like the losses that a lot of guys had at 125 last year. He lost to Cronin, uh, lost to Barnett. We didn't know he was going to be an All-American. He lost to Dylan Shaver, lost to D'Agostino, yeah. Ragason, Latona, um, all like fine losses, but not, you know, not losses that you would say, okay, this guy's going to be third at NCAAs. So a loss to Mastro to me is right in that category of those losses. And I think, I think sure. the weight is, uh, is tough for McKee. Um, this is not, mm. I don't know. This is not totally out of the question. It's just like, after he finished so high at NCAAs to, to have that loss, you're like, Whoa, what the heck? And it, it put Mastro's win, moved him up in the rankings and put Oklahoma state back into top four trophy contention in the rankings. So, um, man, this weight class again is, is I still mean, vulnerable after the top five. I actually, I was pretty so obviously the the, the Carter Young loss, which we we can discuss that. I actually thought Oklahoma State looked really good, mm-hmm. and when I think about their lineup, if they can optimize and have all their guys healthy, their their high end on their guys is kind of high because so Mastro looked great. You think he okay, especially one twenty five is not super deep. He can start making his way up there. Dayton's obviously high. Carter Young did not look great, but we we have a high ceiling for him. Um, G. Feller has been very up and down. Ceiling's high. Wyatt Sheets got killed, but he obviously has All-American. Whitlake's ceiling is high. Plot, we saw a very injured Plot last year. He looked good beating Kratiger. Um, Same thing with Gear. High ceiling. He's been up and down. Ferrari's obviously NCAA champion. Heavyweight's the one weight where I'm like, eh, they don't really have anything there. But that's nine weights where their ceiling... Right, their their floor is is relatively low. I mean, Austin Harris made the round of twelve really last year for them, and now they're going with Serbert. So that kind of shows you where he's at sure. in the in the pecking order. He's yeah. not up there yet in the rankings, but that's because he personally doesn't have you know those signature yeah. wins. So yeah, that, if they can stay healthy, if they can stay healthy, um, man, and, and they can wrestle to their potential. It could be really really good. The point about their ceiling being high is, is really good. I mean, yeah, for sure. That's that's really a great point. And the one guy that, that everybody was curious to see was Carter Young. He, he had those incredible wins at, at Senior Nationals um, or World Team Trials, whichever it was, World Team Trials. World Team trials. Uh, but he, he obviously didn't look good. But, Ben, from your perspective, like – Carter Young, he's in on so many shots and finishing was the was the issue. Is that an adjustment that you think he can he can make like relatively easily or or are those well, situations where he's gonna have trouble? Yeah, the, so the one thing, and I, I don't know much about this Ber, Berglund uh guy. I looked him up and his uh I'll look him up again so I don't I don't mess this up, but it wasn't all that impressive. But the one thing I, w- I mean, I was pretty impressed by the wrestling that I saw. Uh, so this is Berglund's fifth year in college, so it's not like he's a new guy. 
He has a loss to Clay Carlson this year, but he, he beat Marcus Polanco, who I think was an NCAA qualifier last year. You look at his results last year, they were they were okay. He had he was had one loss to Griffin Perriott, and all the rest were kind of like extra matches. Um, the the match was won or lost in one position. Mm-hmm. It was um, Carter Young shooting a single leg to uh, Berglund's left leg. So it could just be that Berglund has great defense on that one leg. We didn't really see a whole bunch of other things. There was, and so that's where Carter Young. It's like maybe he's so used to finish on like you should have done something else. You couldn't have snapped out an arm drag, shoot a high cross to the other side, shoot a double leg, shoot a low single. But it was a regular single to the same exact side. So we saw that one scramble kind of over and over again. And, and Berglund flexibility was impressive. He seemed to know how to move the right way. I thought on the one takedown, <clears throat> so from a technical perspective, I thought Carter Young definitely did the wrong thing. And it almost looked to be a little bit desperate where Berglund passed him and he, he got split in the middle. He really pulled him back. And he pulled him back so hard that, that Berglund just rolled and then got on top of him because the momentum was so strong and he not Carter Young knocked himself off balance. So, yeah, I would have liked to see... Uh, a different strategy in play from Carter Young. I just I don't feel like we gleaned too much off that one match. And what do you we'll think see, his I ceiling we'll is? Him. This here, Carter Young. Yeah. Um, man, well, he beat a bunch of NCAA champions at the trials. So I mean yeah. that that tells me you know, there's the potential there. Obviously, we're talking about how good 141 is. Um, yeah, I, I feel like he can make adjustments and get better. Um. But that was, uh, I don't want to say, I mean, we see Mark Hall. He lost to, uh, who do you lose? Alex Meyer? Mm-hmm. His first match. Alex Meyer was an American. He also lost to CJ Brucky. CJ Brucky, okay. I mean, there's there's some, yeah, there's some lower, lower level guys in there. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see where Carter Young goes. But it was, it was one position. It was a single leg with his right hand attacking um, Berglund's left leg. That was almost the entire outcome of the match. It is I don't know if unfortunate is right. Maybe I am looking too much into it, but the, the, that was his opening match, and there was kind of like this mystique around Carter Young after the World Team Trials going in, and what is he? You know, mm-hmm. what can he be? And I, I feel like that brought him down. You know, a little bit more down to earth, kind of. And he's a a, a mid tier guy at the weight right now. Yeah, I think um, I'm not ready to say he's going to be an All-American yet anymore this year with how deep 141 is. But yeah. who knows? He, he could be. Oklahoma State has coming up. They have a, they have a really tough. They don't schedule. usually. Yeah, they don't usually go to CKL. So let's see. They got Drexel. Scuffle. scuffle people. Yeah, Drexel, Oklahoma, oh, Air Force, Wyoming, Utah Valley scuffle. Uh, hopefully Don Demas wrestles in that match. Air Force and, yeah. and Wyoming, I'm going to be at those duels. Those are in the same day, like seven oh. hour, seven hours apart, three-hour drive in between. Oh, it's, oh, my gosh. I figured it was a try in the same place, but they're doing where they go one and then the other. Yep. That's wow, great. and then they're driving over to Utah. They're just doing a little, little winter vacation over there. Probably hit the slopes in between. I don't know. They might <laughs> hit the slopes. You never know. CP scouting it out right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brayton Lee looked freaking amazing. He looked great, yeah. Uh, Tyler, I think I put it in the dock, but that one takedown he hit was so smooth. Uh, 
It was yeah. is it the the first one he hit the uh the over tie shuck by. Oh man. That was nice, but yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, Oklahoma State's upside is really high. Um uh Carter Young, I, I feel like he could definitely make make the adjustments. Um we'll see we'll see where that goes. I, I maybe he's a little small for one forty one also. Obviously he wrestled one thirty four at the trials, but he can't Oh, you have Dayton there. Um, man, that that was uh, such a, any of the matches because that was such a fun weekend of wrestling and a lot of really, really good duels. Gable looked like bored. He was just standing in front of Cerber. Yeah. It was kind of funny for like the first period. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, that, that was impressive to me how many points Gable scored after not being able to score like at will early. He, he yeah. had to take some time and, and, you know, tenderize him a little bit. And then after he did that, he just, dude, he, he just poured it on. Um, I, for for the first period, I was like, "Oh man, is this what we're gonna see from Gable this year?" He's just he's like disinterested. It's a it's a victory lap and whatever. But then he, I mean, he yeah. was working the whole time. I I liked I liked seeing that. One more result we didn't talk about: Jake Woodley beating Norfleet. I was the only guy. Oh yeah, with Woodley, Damn, he keeps I looking. Good. He got it done. Yeah, Woodley's on fire. He's riding he's the momentum. Um, yeah, he looked good. So should we get into this weekend's or the following this upcoming weekend's bets? Because this will be our last show for the week. Yeah, let's do these bets and then let's hit a few questions and then let's. Uh, I'm I, I'm me and me and Jacob Roscoe are doing some stump grinding today. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. Back, on, back on your stump grind. <laughs> okay, listen, I got some stumps, boy. I cut some trees down. I gotta go stump grind them. All right, Saturday there's a a couple a couple fun duels. At 149, we're gonna see Zach Sherman versus Austin Gomez, and I'm this. One, I just want to pick him. The pick him, that's fair. I think. Um, oh man, this is hard because Sherman. And I've got Sherman CPs two losses too. Bray, or one you loss? can toss yours in, but I got CPs as well. I made him text him. Yeah, Sherman. I mean, a couple losses on three losses on the year. Already uh, three? I thought it was. Oh man, I was saying one or two. Yeah, he. Well, one was Sasso. That's fine. Then he lost to Ridge Love it, and then he lost to Josh Heil. So, currently mm. losing record. He's going to go into this match with Austin Gomez with a losing record. I. I'm going to say he's due. I think he gets back on track too. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to yeah. go Sherman in the pick'em. CP and me are going Gomez. Ooh, I know. I, I don't hate it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. I, I we still don't know exactly what Gomez is yet at forty nine. This will be his first real big test, and uh, I think he passes. All right. All right. As you mentioned earlier, Iowa and Oregon State. So we're gonna get Cassiope versus Gas Tank Gary. I put the line at Cassiope seven and a half. I was surprised you made it this large, but um, I you know what? I think you did it right because I still like. You gotta uh, think. You gotta my, think. My Can Cassiope get says, that major? Yeah, my heart says pick Gas Tank Gary, um, but it makes me a little bit nervous to pick him because, especially after what happened last weekend, you are gonna see Tony Cassiope really want to redeem himself. Man, what are you guys picking? I know where I'm going. I think I'm. I think I'm going Cassiope. I know Cassiope is going for the Iowa pin record. However, his and a bo- pin is cover for the record. It, a pin, a pin is counts- over. Yes. However, we're talking about Gas Tank Gary. He's built for moments like this. 
<laughs> Cassiope's bonus rate is twenty one point seven percent throughout his career. That's not great. And he's wrestled really uh, that low. He's wrestled Dude, Gus Tank Gary twice and hasn't bonused him yet. I'm give give me Gas Tank to care to cover this. He's he's yeah. I'm going I'm going Cassiope. He's he's won by six and he's won by four in their last two meetings. He's gonna be fired up. He's gonna he's gonna get a major eight points. I know. I, I think that's it's like just eight points too. Like he's at the end and he realizes like, oh no, I got. I want to get this major. I'm gonna go dig deep for this last takedown and he gets it. CP yes. CP has gas tank. Unsurprisingly yes. though, premium fuel. And premium then fuel. Our last bet for the weekend: Seabass. He's on Clark. Midline Seabass four and a half. I'm going Clark on this one. I thought. I thought. I think Keyshawn Clark is going to keep it relatively close. I agree. He wins comfortably, like two or three points, easy. Yeah, I agree. Clark is he is so hard to score on. He is very good defensively. Um, Just beat Chad Red. Yep. Um, I think I'm going Clark to cover as well. I fall kind of in the same boat as you, Ben. Where Seabass wins this one somewhat handily, but it's like you know eight four. Or something like that. Now, T-Bass could maybe get a nice takedown transition into like a tilt and get, you know, like a, a quick four. Mm-hmm. Then maybe mm-hmm. that could open things up and he could, you know, push push for a major. But uh, I don't know. I, I think he's on keeps it close. He's looked great this season. CP's got Seabass covering though. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And uh, so that's it uh, for for our picks this week. Just the three. The Cowboy Open will also be going down Saturday. Uh, Arizona State and Wyoming uh, are going to be bringing their guys. So those are the, yeah only two the only two D one teams in action. And and this is I think the um well it's the first tournament for the Wyoming guys. So I think we're going to see a lot of starters. Who knows if we'll see all of them? And uh, I hope we see Arizona State starters too. We could have some fun ones. One ninety seven Norfleet Buchanan. Norfleet won that one last. Last year, and it was on the same day that Buchanan beat Noah Adams. So it was like, oh man, Buchanan might get climb really high uh, in the rankings, and then Norfleet beat him like an hour later. So um, that'll be a fun rematch, and some other good ones in there too. Cyclone Open um, also going down on Saturday. Yeah. But, so uh, I, I'm looking at the sorry, I'm looking at the questions. Um, there's a couple funny ones and a couple good ones. Uh, I I like this one for you. I'm curious what you guys say. Who, which of the Penn State returning champions is most likely to lose first this season? Uh, I would have to look at their schedule um, to see who they'll hit. What is I'm going to do? Who, I mean, I just who will they I, wrestle I think... at? Who will they wrestle at the uh, collegiate duels? Uh, do we know? Yes, I think we do. They, know. They, the schedule is out, but I don't know. I was just thinking, just based on the weight class, it's Nick Lee has the most possibilities um, because there's three other really, really challenging matches for him. And obviously, if Yanni's there, then the number is four. So that was one of the things I was thinking about. So a match we could, the, you know, the, the matchup that's interesting, uh, if Yanni is going back. So we're going to see Cornell, Penn State at, yes. at that collegiate duels. So... RBY veto, veto is interesting, and then if Ooh, that's interesting. if Yanni does drop to forty one, Nick Lee Yanni like that that is probably the first date where you would think 
either of them has a, has a chance to lose. Oh, um, no, I'm calling Parker Kekeisen over uh, Aaron Brooks, December 20th. Let's okay. go. Okay. So it's the same. Yeah, so so Brooks. Um, that's the morning. That's 11 a.m. That's the 11 a.m. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so. Ooh, oh, man. I think it, a lot of it depends on what, what we find out with Vito and, and Yanni, but those two guys, yes. I think, have a chance to beat to be, um, RBY. Vito, RBY, who are you picking? And Lee. I, I think I'm still picking RBY, but Vito can win that for sure. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think I'd go RBY. But if it's Yanni versus versus uh versus Lee, I mean, I'm gonna pick Yanni in that match. Yeah, Yanni. Over I Nick know Lee. most of you guys probably don't think Aaron, uh, Aaron Brooks is gonna lose at all. I know the I whole. Listen, he's very good, but I know the full squad holds him in very very high regard. But you know he's gonna have some tough. I was I said Keck guys. I know that's a bias on my part. Uh, but there is also Miles Amin who is going to be a very good match for him also and then train highlight is not going away either true uh nick lee will also have uh stefan michich january 21st boom assuming stefan is wrestling at that point we still have yet to see him in a michigan singlet this season Uh, were there any um, other questions that stuck out to you, Ben? You yeah, this, to? I mean, this one's kind of interesting, and I think it's one of the great things about wrestling, but is there anything analogous to a wrestler winning by pinfall when behind in points? In other words, where you're losing and then you can win. Obviously, boxing and mixed martial Knockout. arts are two of them, but I don't think other, like, normal team sports, I don't believe they have, like, the I don't know, call it automatic win option. I couldn't think of any. No. Any? Uh, no? Baseball, right? a team getting hot. Um, because there's no time factor uh, is maybe the closest thing I can think of where, like, you can score infinite amount of runs in one inning, technically. I mean, walk-offs feel like a pin, but it's not not like you could – you can't hit a walk-off in the third inning. Exactly. Yes. You literally can't terminate. (laughs) You can hit a walk-off when you're down by seven points or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, From uh, one of the best photographers in the game, Tony Rotundo – I don't know if we've talked about this was a news Clarissa Chun in Iowa. Yeah, they kind of snuck this in on us, but uh, it was a knockout hire, obviously. Yes, I think. great hire. Uh, yeah, especially like the women's wrestling scene is dis- distinct from men's wrestling scene in that like now Iowa is the one power five option, and Clarissa Chun, because of being part of the USA Wrestling's coaching staff, has she's worked with every oh. woman that's been on a, a developmental team. Cadet Junior U23 for a long time. And yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Kyle Klingman put an article on the site yesterday about Emma Bruntill in the transfer portal. And I, I don't think Clarissa's going around, you know, sniping girls from other programs. But you have to wonder if that's at least part of someone like Emma's decision yeah. to enter the portal is thinking like, man, I could potentially have this option. Um, when, when is the first Pete in the postseason? Is it, is it 2023? Yeah. Yep, yeah. 23. Happen fast. Yeah, so so I you know I mean it's it's a it's a great hire and really great reception for Clarissa at the duel and then she was also at the football game and Iowa people are fired up. Um, she's got a de- very different persona than than you think of when you think of Iowa wrestling and I think that's you know that's a way to maybe I don't know think create a, create a little bit of a different leader. persona. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. One that really, 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 really,
are you are you hearing Ben all it's a little choppy? Out? You're a little choppy there, Ben. You, we might not. I'm all right. Well, we might lose Ben here for a second. We're pretty close to nine forty. Yeah, re refresh that. Uh, whatever you're using to call in, freshen up a little bit, please. Yeah, please for the show. Um, this one's from Tanner McHugh. Do you think the season will continue to have crazy upsets and A's going down to the shortened season last year in the Ivy League returning? Could play a role. I think so. I mean, had less data points last year. Yeah, the more the more data points you have, Ben's back. Um, yeah, I think I think so. And Ben, we're talking about this question about uh, from Tanner McHugh. Do you think the season will continue to have crazy upsets? A is going down due to shortened season and the Ivy League returning. I mean, yeah, like I, I think more yeah. data points are are more likely to yield those kinds of results. Also, tournaments are more likely to yield those results than duels just True. for yeah, the fact that you're going to have a bunch of matches in, in, in one single day and more guys like, you know, collected in, in, uh, in the same event. All right, well, maybe we did um, lose Ben. <laughs> uh, so I guess maybe that's a... Uh, one more question from Cole Baumgartner. Keegan leading the Hodge Watch. This is just um, basically to plug that Hodge rankings are out. You can check them on the website. He is not leading at this point, uh, mostly just because, though, with so few data points this season, some guys haven't even wrestled yet on here that they're basically all based off of seasons from past. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, Keegan has two pins and a tech so far. Yeah. Um, when the next set of hot drinkings come out, they will be based on this season. So there will be a lot of shifting, and who knows? Maybe Keegan will be at the top. He was in he was in the top four or five pretty much the whole season last year because yeah. he he gets a lot of pins. That's yeah. big for Hodge Watch. Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's really interesting this year just because uh, at this point in the year because I mean Spencer Lee technically not eligible for the Hodge zero and zero. Um, so, but he's right now number two behind Gable. Once Spencer gets some matches under his belt, there's a good chance that his bonus rate becomes 100% uh, for a while. So we'll see. But uh, Keegan's been looking really good so far. Like I make these, so if you disagree, you can come at me. My email is andrew.spay at flowsports.tv, and my Twitter handle is spaywrestle. I'll put JD's address home address in the show notes yes thank you so you can reach me there if you want to yell about these rankings i actually made the case for spencer at the end last year kind of based on the criteria obviously we had co-champions last year which uh i don't think anybody was a fan of but i i came out um with gable at number one this year because it appears spencer will be on a pitch count and I think the field um, has shown to be tougher at heavyweight uh, this year yes. than 125. 100%. So G Gable kind of gets the uh, the edge right now, but who knows? Obviously, like I said, it will be largely more based on this season and the next update. All right. Anything pre, else? Pre-CKLV Hodge rankings. I mean, that CKLV right. is going to be the one that's going to really shake things up. I know. We're just, uh, what, two or two or three weeks away? Two weeks December away. December 3rd and 4th. We're already starting to get some of that good CKLV preview content on the site, so check that out. I can't wait. I know. It's going to be a fun time. A week from tomorrow, I leave for Vegas. Wow. Okay. So, for Ben Askren, who so rudely left us, David Bray, and myself, CP, 
in Colorado. A happy Thanksgiving to everyone listening. Thank you all for listening. We are thankful for you. We're thankful for us. Have a great holiday weekend. We will see you in a week next Tuesday, last show of the week. Thanks, y'all.